Wir gehen es Ihnen und was ist los? It's deinen Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Listen. What's good and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 535. We are IGN's Nintendo podcast and I am your host this week, Janet Garcia. And today I am joined by Deal Czar, Seth Macy. Hello. Guides guru, Brendan Graber. Hey there. And the legend himself, Per Schneider. There he is in all his in all his glory. Um, he is actually here. <laughs> 
Uh, we got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the Game & Watch and also the Game Awards. Um, but right now, I want to kick it off by just kind of addressing, hey, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is out. Wouldn't that be the topic of the show in the week that's coming out? And uh, normally it would be, but unfortunately, we didn't get uh, enough codes or really any extra codes for just the NVC cast specifically to get um, early hands on time with it. But if you're interested in hearing our thoughts as a site, Cam Shea's review is up uh, and he gave it a nine. I'm going to go ahead and read off his verdict. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity offers a welcome trip back to a world I've clocked hundreds of hours in. It's hugely varied roster of characters, solid combat mechanics, fun progression, and clever adaptation of Breath of the Wild's vision of Hyrule is a joy to play and discover. While there are some missed uh, characterization opportunities, Age of Calamity is still a blast from start to finish. Um, so before we move on, I do want to ask, uh, are you guys getting this? Where's your excitement level at? Did you play the first one? Have you dipped into the demo at all? I'm I'm probably going to get it now i wasn't originally because i didn't play the first one it just didn't really appeal to me but more importantly it didn't appeal to my kids and that's sometimes how i'll sneak mm -hmm. a game in that i'm not interested in I'll pretend like you know they actually wanted it so uh no but this one you know as soon as they announced that it, it's you know like the basically the prequel to breath of the wild um i was like yeah okay i'm on board i mean this could be any kind of game even a kind of game i don't like but i can't really think of one right now but i'll, I'll play this game absolutely yeah. For me, for me, the the strategy for Nintendo working with a third party and adding its characters to an established franchise is definitely working, because originally um, I was not into the Dynasty Warriors games at all, and then Hyrule Warriors. I love Zelda. Of, of course, I played it. It's not my favorite game. I you know I thought it was fun, um, and then Fire Emblem got got me back into it and actually became better. And so. Uh, just seeing Cam's excitement for this latest one um, has me really wanting to play it because Cam is one of the biggest Breath of the Wild fans I know. And he, all of us have moved on from the game. Cam's still playing it. He's probably still playing it right now, even though he should be asleep because <laughs> he's in Australia. But um, like he's been, uh, he's been posting videos on IGN about Breath of the Wild. And like he jumped into this and he said, it's amazing how close it is and kind of like look and feel and reverence for the material. So it's great news. Yeah, I think I was definitely sold more on the Breath of the Wild aspect than the Dynasty Warriors one. I missed out on the first one. I never had time for it. And I got to the point where I was like, do I really want to go back after all this time and try it out? I don't know. But seeing this, like, I think the being able to experience that story that I really wanted to play as the champions in Breath of the Wild. And so being able to play them in this game seems like a really good fit for me. Plus, from what I saw of the demo, I really enjoyed seeing how they had visualized this world before the calamity and going out back through Hyrule Field, seeing like the 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 ranch and other structures that are still standing back then. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool just to find out as a Zelda fan of that game. Yeah, you for sure. I'm I'm sort of seeing this too as like a primer for like when that next game comes out. I'm like, I want to have like the full world and the lore to kind of draw on. Yeah, and Cam was saying, uh, you know, there there are certain restrictions to what he can talk about in the review at this point, but also, you know, certain things that we don't want to reveal, obviously, in the coverage and let people discover it themselves. But anyone who's worried about the current character roster being it, um, Cam says is going to be in for a big surprise. There's some crazy stuff in this game. Oh, okay. What's the craziest character you could think of that they haven't? Like... Toad. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back I'm, Tingle. I'm assuming Beetle will, will show up and just launches wares at people. Yeah, throwing ships. 
Um, it's got to be it's got to be something like that, like a side character that you didn't expect to oh, play. Or play as one of the giant dragons. Yeah, or stuff like an Armos knight or something like that. You know, like one of the enemies, like hopping about. Could finally be that bone horse. That bone I'm, horse ooh. that appears. Or the king of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to find out when we get time to play it ourselves. I'm sure you'll hear our thoughts uh, on a later episode once we've had time to go hands on it uh, ourselves. But a review we can talk about, um, you know, that ne- that next gen hype. We were talking a lot about next gen. Yeah, we got the game and watch and we have game the reviewer watch. here, oh, Seth wait, Macy. That's right. It, it's yes, we all we all yeah, have the game and watch phone. and especially Brendan, who's absolutely <laughs> holding up a game and watch right now. <laughs> <through something>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Seth, you gave this a nine. Um, funnily yep. enough, I wish I had the post pulled up right now of who wrote it on the NVC podcast forums on Facebook. Um, but someone did a hilarious like in between of because we had our, our next gen as well, which those consoles got eights and this got a nine. They just said Nintendo stays winning. And I thought it was <laughs> so, so funny. Shout out to whoever had made that post. I thought it was hilarious. I shared it with everyone. But I think that this kind of speak to the fact that, I mean, obviously, it's not exactly what those numbers mean. This just means that you think this device is amazing. But yeah. I love that that sentiment and that idea of, hey, like, sure, we don't have a next gen console. We don't have a Switch Pro, but we're still having things to be excited about so tell me what makes this game and watch so exciting to you it's uh the review was challenging and i said as much in the in the text that it's like uh, we've played these games we know what the games are i mean a ball is the only difference is this mario's head instead of mr game and watch which is horrifying by the way which is a little bit horrifying (laughs) yeah but uh i you know this is a collectible this is a nintendo collectible for nintendo fans and as far as being a collectible piece of uh, Nintendiana, which is a word that I just made up, I That's think it, it succeeds incredibly well because it is so full of charm. It's built really much better than I expected. The screen looks awesome as long as you're looking straight on. Um, you know, it's got the old Famicom design, the gold face and that like deep blood, almost blood red. It feels solid. It's just, fantastic and you know for 50 bucks this is a great little even the box i did i think i did us like a separate like mini review of the box itself because i was so taken by like the the, just the charm of the packaging for this thing and i I put all those things together i was like this is an amazing little piece of nintendo history i hope everyone can get one they were in uh stock for quite a while but now they aren't in stock anymore so yeah uh i think it's just an amazing little piece of nintendo and I, I love it with all my heart. It's it's a weird, you know, I like it's one of those products that I don't think any of us would have predicted. Like I, no. I, Nintendo reissued a Game & Watch as a um, Club Nintendo uh, uh, reward at one point, right? I have one. It's in a box at, at the new office already. But um, I the Game & Watch games are so limited that I think a lot of modern players just wouldn't enjoy them for very long. Yeah. So it's clearly for collectors and, you know, older people like us, Seth. Um, yeah, right. But, but, the, but the fact that they took the Game & Watch concept and they didn't do a Game & Watch collection and put, you know, two very popular games on it. They gave it the, the golden color scheme, right? Like, which is the, the throwback to the original Famicom NES in Japan color scheme, which they also use for the Game Boy Micro. So it's like this really cool celebration of Nintendo's origins, which are so intrinsically tied to Mario in this really unique package. And like, if you think it's just a, 
Like if you don't own this and you think it's just a remake of the original unit, the original ball machine has very different button configurations, obviously it doesn't have a color scheme. So it's like, it's a completely different unit just made to look like the original, but they did such a nice job with the look and feel. Yeah, Brendan, I was hoping on getting this. Second. <laughs> Is it uh, Brendan? Are you planning on getting this? The concept of ball is very appealing. <laughs> yes, can someone please break down what ball is for the well, for those who don't know? So on ball, so. <laughs> it's hard to sell you on ball, but uh, basically <laughs> you've got your little Mario and he's, he's doing one of these <laughs> and, they're, and you're forth. juggling balls and there's two That's of it. them and you're like, holy cow. And you've got to kind of just move <laughs> his arm to catch the ball. People who are who are only listening to this podcast are it's missing truly out. Truly visceral it's, action. It's the but, dark. It's the dark souls of ball juggling. It's game the dark. Game. Well, and then there's a new game plus mode where there's three balls in the air at any one time, and you have to catch those, and it gets real, real, real. There's crazy, also four different crazy. endings. <laughs> the achievement system. Yeah, you caught the yeah. ball. There's yeah. there's hidden stuff. So you know there but, is. No ending. Uh, I, my one regret with my review is that I couldn't find my tri-wing screwdriver because I wanted to open it up and see what's inside. Um, just because I was curious as to what kind it's, of you know. Seth, it's microchips. Oh, or is I mean, it? There's, there's not a it's, tiny television inside of there. With it's a, actually a small Master Chief inside. If you <laughs> open it up, <laughs> it's, it's not tiny magic people. Ah, well, okay. Well, I guess it's good that I couldn't find my screwdriver then. Yeah, don't open it. You'll uh, void the warranty. Yeah, God <laughs> forbid. Um, but yeah, Ball Ball was interesting because that is one of the games that was on like the Game & Watch back in the day. And it's funny because like the history of the Game & Watch is that idea of, you know, Gunpei Yukoi seeing a businessman on the train on his commute playing with a calculator and saying, hey, I think we can provide something better than this. And that is what Ball is. It is more fun than playing on a calculator. He was right. to admit. He nailed it just absolutely knocked out of the park but um yeah playing it was hilarious playing ball because i started playing and i was like all right i think i've seen all there is to see (laughs) and then i'm like well i want to keep going until i actually like die normally so i think my uh my ball score is like 400 oh wow it is around nine thousand because it like there's um, a a high score for a and a high score for b where it's like there's just the the one ball and then or the two balls and then there's like the multiples um, and they're like each around 9,000 because they only like have the capacity to go like X multiples of your score points. Like that's mm-hmm. like classic old gaming conventions. So. Yeah, they literally run out of memory, of addressable memory. Yep. Those are all so. your high scores. Oh, I, I played it and I was like, this is fun. I'm not going to play this anymore. I think my high score is like 70. I didn't die. I just was like, eh, I'll go play Mario now. I haven't played, I haven't played a lot of the lost levels. Yeah, for sure. Um, how far into those did you get for your review? Like how like deep into each of the games did you spend? I mean, I just spent like the average time just playing the games. I determination that this is just the NES game at, with great emulation um, and looks great. So, you know, mostly I spent looking for secrets. And there's some new stuff like you there's a there's a new level select right like you can go into the into mario one and uh when you get to the minus world you can you can actually open up level select and stuff like that wait a minute they're, they're hold like little, on a minute now they're like little hidden things in there they they did mess with the code i know that sam sent me a text he's like minus world confirmed yeah. and i was like that's awesome but i didn't realize that there were secrets in the minus world now that 
That's, I don't think the minus world is just a glitch, right? It's not even supposed to exist. You're not going to get new um, new levels or anything like that, so don't expect anything big. But like little little Easter eggs like that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we were actually talking about one of those before the show started. Seth, do you want to kind of talk about what the uh, that iconic tune we all know? Oh well. Uh, if you hold down the uh, A button for five seconds on the watch screen, it starts a Mario How to Draw Mario song that is uh, extremely catchy. And now every time I see like counting, I think in my head, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yep. Pear's holding it up. Pear has got it up. And it's in different languages, which is like, which that, also surprised me. There's, uh, they actually messed up. And they copped to it on the um, on their support page. The languages don't match up to the subtitles. So I think mm. German is like Portuguese and what? Spanish is Italian. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that's so the, uh, funny. The subtitles are incorrect. So that's so Which, uh, you know, they'll, they'll patch that out in a future uh, update. Oh, yeah. Surely that'll <laughs> yeah. be easy. <laughs> You're right. right. I just looked at the German subtitles. It's not German. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Maybe all. your German's yeah. just really slipping, pair. You're a little rusty. It might be rustish. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was the thing that really like struck me with this because I like like everyone else here, or or almost everyone else here, Brendan. Um, I looked at this and I'm like, oh, this is exciting to get. Sure, it's a Nintendo thing. I'm really hyped about like Mario's 35th. Um, but just the main thing that struck me was just how gorgeous that screen is. Yeah. It really does feel like modern. Um, and that's something that like I, I'm personally really looking for in my retro experiences, like sort of an up, like a, a little bit of an enhanced version of what you could normally get. So even with like the Game Boy Advance, like I rebought a Game Boy Advance a few years ago, but then I'm like, I don't really yeah. want to use the worm light for this whole thing. So I'm planning on getting um just a mod off. Uh, I, I use the site God of Gaming to do like get my like retro mods. Um, so like turning this on, like that was just like the number one thing that stood out to me. I'm like, wow, this looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually pretty comfortable to play. Like, unlike, like, I really want a Game Boy Micro, but I know that, like, that's oh, going to yeah. just destroy my hands. I was yeah. the Game Boy experience was the worm light and the uh, street lights passing on the car as you were driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that color combination. The pictures that I took of the screen don't do it justice at all. And that's just, a, you know, the, the way that the sensors are on a digital camera. There's like some moiré. But like when you start it up, it looks like a page from a book. It looks like an illustration in, in like a, a children's Mario book. Um, it is it is amazing. But like I said, the viewing angle is terrible. If you tilt it one way or another, you start to get a lot of uh, variance in color uh, that isn't true. But, you know, straight on, it is it is an incredible. I have to wonder if this is like the same screen that they use in the um, in the Game Gear Micro that they just which was Japan only, unfortunately. And also, I think we talked about, is this maybe going to be the hardware they use for some sort of Game Boy Classic in the future? Or GBA Classic. Or GBA Classic, which would be even better. That's, that's the interesting thing. I, you know, I would have pegged them as having done a, a kind of classic Game Boy with the, the monochrome kind of green screen with like Tetris and stuff built in by now. Um, now I don't know anymore if they're going to put a color screen in a game and watch. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's and so it much better than under, under $50. $50. Yeah. It would, would have had me to believe. I, I thought that I was expecting some, some cheapness feel, feel wise and screen wise, but this is just an absolutely charming. And I hope everyone can get a quality Nintendo device. 
it is absolutely the best and coolest thing that is going to be collecting dust on my shelves <laughs> because <laughs> right. I don't know how far in I'm going to get on this on this bow action. But I had just gotten rid of like all my collectibles. I was like, you know what? I don't need all this stuff. It just collects dust. And like as soon as the eBay check cleared, they announced this thing. I was like, oh, I love that you're saying that. Like as your background, you don't even know. Yeah, as my background with- is so. Yeah, this is this I, is pared down. It's so it's so dangerous for me. Like I I looked at it. I'm not going to I'm not going to keep playing it either, right? It is a collectible because we've played Mario so many times and have it on so many devices, but now I kind of want to collect some of the old game and watches. I have like a I have I don't have the original ball, um but I do have the dual screen Zelda one for example. Man, so tempting now. Oh, cool. Expensive hobby. Hey listeners, it's time to talk about your butt. You know, when we go to the bathroom in this country, most of us wipe instead of wash. For years, bidets have been available but hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. Well, say hello to the Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment, here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer cleaner behinds to everyone. Hello Tushy cleans your, well, tush with a precise stream of fresh water for just $79. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper use by 80% so the Hello Tushy bidet can pay for itself in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you might not need to wipe at all you could be looking at a hands-free bathroom experience. Ditch paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing, cleansing stream of water from a Hello Tushy bidet attachment. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and get a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com slash NVC to get 10% off. This is a special offer for our listeners. Go to hellotushy.com slash NVC for 10% off. Hellotushy.com slash NVC. Hey, everybody. Zach Ryan here to talk to you about IGN's new weekly show, The Review Crew. Each week, we're gathering folks from all over the gaming community to talk about the biggest and best games. We'll dive deep into each review. It's friggin' awesome about that. All these monks just running away from you in every direction. It is Yeah. Talk about the things that we loved, the stuff that needs improvement, and probably have some spirited debates and laughs along the way. Yes! Yes! We're kicking things off with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but in the coming weeks, we're talking about Demon's Souls, Xbox Series X, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, PlayStation 5, and Cyberpunk 2077. You can tune in Mondays on on IGN.com or listen to the full audio version later in the week on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Hell, you can do both. I'm not your boss. Let us know what games you want to hear about, but more importantly, let us know who you'd like to see on the show. Until then, you're already in the right place with IGN. I'm trying to go in like just all all on the random Nintendo <laughs> stuff. Like I'm trying to get that sewing machine, like the camera for the Game wow. Boy. Like let's go. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of that, I feel like we, you know, Perry, you mentioned you're like I didn't really see this coming as far as like what they would do with like a bonus kind of handheld thing. What weird thing is Nintendo going to do next? Just in the Switch era alone, we've had Labo, we've had Serial, we've had Ring Fit, we've had Mario Kart Live. So um, I reached out to all of you in the community and asked, what is Nintendo's next weird thing going to be? And we do have a couple responses. So I want to hear from these Yappa responses we have in video form. uh, And then we can talk about those and also pitch our own bizarre, strange things that may or may not come to fruition. So first off, we're going to hear from Austin Amistoy with his idea for Nintendo's next weird thing. 
Hey, NVC, it's Austin from Montana. My idea for a wacky Nintendo product has got to be Fire Emblem Homefront. All right, hear me out. It's an AR experience that smashes together the concept of LARPing with Fire Emblem. Uh, maybe it comes with, or you can maybe purchase on the side, styrofoam, broadswords, and battle axes, and uh, you can duke it out in public parks and city streets. All you need is a Joy-Con strapped to your leg, and if it gets struck by your opponent, that's a point for them. Uh, I think Nintendo had us all out and about in part catching uh, augmented reality Pokemon, so why not open warfare in city streets? Thanks. That's it. Hope you guys are having a good show. Oh, man. You had me at open warfare in city streets. <laughs> I'm into it. I already have you know, a bunch of foam, like, I think I've had the foam sting sword in the other room, so I'm all ready to go down LARPing if you are. That's such a specific activity too. Like LARPing was, this is, I'm going to kind of like expose myself for a second. LARPing was pretty big on my college campus. I went to small town college in Iowa. Um, and yeah, like there was the people that LARPed, LARPed hard. So I feel oh, like yeah. that could actually take off a little bit. See, you know, uh, when Pokemon Go was in its, when it's heyday, when you went to like Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, there are people everywhere. I want to see that, but people with swords fighting each other everywhere. <laughs> absolutely uh we had one other idea over from uh david i think it's vich or vich for uh his idea for nintendo's next weird thing hey nvc it's david from toronto and i think nintendo's next unexpected product is going to be a pokemon fitness app just think about how successful augmented reality games like pokemon go and mario kart live have been as well as fitness games like ring fit adventure I think the idea of leveling up Pokemon, catching them, and doing gym battles just by going for a walk or for a bike ride would be extremely, extremely successful. And it would be popular amongst gamers and non-gamers, particularly now, because I think everyone needs an extra reason to get active. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Vitality Sensor 2.0. Yeah, I like the direction these are going in. Like uh, the AR stuff, um, you know, Nintendo was pretty active with AR with the 3DS, obviously, right? Shipped with the cards built in. It was magical at the time. And then, you know, later on, Pokemon Go obviously blew up. The The one thing I always went to was that, you know, this device has a USB-C port. It doesn't have a camera, which was always weird. And I always figured eventually they'll do some sort of camera casing and then, you know, what better game to pair with it than Pokemon Snap, where you walk around your house and stuff. Now, the limitation, of course, with AR is that a lot of the open world kind of like open outside the house games rely on GPS, right? And so that's where the Switch is disadvantaged for, versus a phone, of course, as a device. But yeah, those are, those are interesting ideas. Definitely um, AR is something that they've played with. Cameras, by the way, you know, your little Mario Kart cars have cameras in them. So, you know, they're playing with it. I think, too, this makes me wonder, like, what's when are we going to hear more about Pokemon Sleep? I know that's obviously it's not exactly a Nintendo Sleep. product, but we heard about sleep. And then out of nowhere, they're like, nope, we're off that sleep. We're brushing our teeth instead. I'm not really sure when that's going to come back. Um, but also, I want to hear from you guys uh, on this panel. What is your weird Nintendo idea? What is the next thing we're going to see out of left field? Hmm. I mean, mine, mine would be the board game. They, they haven't done Mario Party as an AR board game before. Um, and it just feels like they, that's something that they would do. Now, um, 
you know, obviously most of us don't have friends over all the time right now. So probably not a good, good thing to release <laughs> in the next six months, but uh, that just feels like it's the next crazy thing. They've done cardboard, they've done, you know, these kind of construction things, but they haven't done the real AR board game yet. Honestly, I'd say bring back that vitality sensor. We never got it. And I think it would have some hilarious applications for scary games if it monitored your heart rate. Oh, yeah. Or tried to make you calm in the face of danger. If you could imagine, like, uh, when you played Metroid Prime and you're trying to get through a room and you shoot the door, but the door doesn't open because it's loading. What if it wasn't loading because your heart rate was too high? It's like, no. The door only opens when you calm down and you're trying to like escape like a lava room. You're like, okay, just got to be calm. Door won't open. You need to get out of here. Take it slow. And then the door opens when you finally just relax. That would be pretty cool. It'd be, you could kind of combine that too with potentially some stuff with Ring Fit. Um, yeah. I know they're still supporting that game. Like we had that DLC drop, that free DLC patch where they kind of added in the uh, Jump Up Superstar and you kind of had a rhythm element to it. So um, I'm very curious to, as if they're going to expand on that. Um, Seth, what is your bizarre Nintendo idea? It's I'm like racking my brain because it seems like Nintendo is has been just doing cool things for like kids that you wouldn't have thought of like Labo and, you know, Mario Kart home circuit. So I'm trying to think like, what are kids into right now that Nintendo hasn't tapped into? And uh, I think they're going to release a camera so you can make your own uh, Nintendo YouTube star with your Nintendo switch. Hmm. Mm. That'd be interesting, yeah. especially because Nintendo's not, that'd be a weird Zach because Nintendo is so known for like, not really being very like online focused and being very like, yeah. you know, closed off in terms of, the like risking kids exposure to certain things but i think like controlling that narrative could be really interesting um i'm thinking they're gonna go something just i don't know that doesn't make any sense at all but that we still buy because i feel like that is the, like everything that Nintendo does. Yeah. yes i'm like i don't need this or but it would look nice right mm -hmm. like um like something wild like a like a zelda train set or something oh like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good one yeah. um that's so We'll have to wait and see what they actually end up uh, coming up with. But um, for things that we can currently celebrate related to Nintendo, the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's Game Awards announced uh, the nominees. And uh, we had quite a few from the Nintendo category. Most notably, uh, I want to kick it off with the biggest thing that Nintendo's represented for, which is Game of the Year. We got Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Worth noting that Hades is also a playable game on Switch, but Nintendo Animal Crossing is the Nintendo game. What do we think of this game of the year lineup? And do we think Animal Crossing has a shot at winning at this award show? Slash, do you think it should win in this category? I I don't think Animal Crossing. I think Last of Us will win because I think that's just like the obvious choice that everybody is going to vote for. But I oh, do think you, maybe. Well, I mean, like, oh, look, <laughs> I don't I didn't actually play it. I, I'm not a Last of Us guy. But I think that that's I the did. game that has the most sort of, you know, cachet behind it. But I think Animal Crossing should win because I think that's the most important and helpful game that came out in this unbelievable year. Like Animal Crossing couldn't have come out at a more perfect time. Everybody was playing it. Everybody was stoked on it. And there's still like so many people still playing Animal Crossing, like still loving it. And, uh, you know, uh, that the whole time that game was first coming out, people were always dming me emailing me hey where can i get a switch i need a switch like i'm sorry you can't buy a switch like i gotta play the animal crossing you know they're like uh dave Chappelle. like 
I need some animal crossing, man. But um yeah, it's like a huge cultural phenomenon. I think it's probably the most important game of of 2020. I don't know if it will win game of the year. And I also want to mention that Microsoft Flight Simulator was snubbed. Mm. Yeah, they they're actually a lot of games are missing too because of the cutoff, right? Like Jeff has the the issue that he wants to broadcast his event in early december and he's been working on the production for a while and so um a lot of the new games that just shipped like uh anything on ps5 and xbox one um, series x and s obviously is not included and is eligible for next year's awards that that's what happened with smash brothers in the few in the in the mm-hmm. past as well where like it was a december game and then it won fighting game the next year um for that category so that means no hyrule warriors in here as well if it you know if if it lived up to these standards I would say, I mean, Animal Animal Crossing has a chance in that it's like the one game of the list on the list that almost everybody universally liked. You know, it, it was an escapism game. If I personally like, to me, it comes in behind games like Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima. Like Ghost of Tsushima is like exploration and combat joy. Last of Us is more misery like it's an uncomfortable game but everything was so well made and then i would never count out little little indies like hades you know which is another uh, a big darling but i can't i can't see doom eternal or ff7 remake taking this category so i think animal crossing has a bigger chance than, than than those games it's interesting if you if you put these nominees as like what had the biggest cultural impact which there is a games for impact category, but I mean, like Animal Crossing is undeniably the game that came out when it needed to come out. So yeah. beyond the the technical achievements, the mechanics, the merit and stuff, like it was the right game for the right time, regardless of what else you liked or didn't like about it. But I don't know if it's that enough to beat a game that had a bigger, you know, uh, innovation and merit and how they did things. And, I liked Ghost of Tsushima, but I think it was a really actually safe and kind of like a comfort food game. It -hmm. didn't really do anything that was too surprising for me. It was like an Assassin's Creed 2, but released in the year 2020. But it was also very good at what it did. And Last of Us was a little bit divisive. I didn't personally like where the story went out, but I did like everything that went into that game. So for me, it's a really hard pick. Like I'm not, I also only scratched the surface of Hades as well and ff7 doom eternal yeah they're great games i wouldn't put them as game of the year games though so it's a toss-up really and i also think that certain games were snubbed like half-life and jedi fallen order oh yeah alex isn't on there that's right i was very surprised to see it well not not very because it is vr and that really really limits um i think something to keep in mind for like these awards and even our awards which we obviously everyone's trying to do their awards as well as they can but it's always the best of what the people voting have played because the reality is like i didn't play every game that came out in 2020 because i there's literally probably not even enough time mathematically to do that so you know everyone does their best to do that yeah exactly it's or i like brendan's joke of game of the year is whatever game i did for guides that was the best of those games (laughs) Um, which i worked on a lot of these guys actually which brendan i think you did as well um so really quick before i move on from that game of the year category what would y'all vote for given these nominees from this list I pick Last of Us Part Two. This, it has it's not perfect. It's like the last chapter, like the Santa Barbara stuff. I felt like the game kind of outsta- outstayed its welcome a little bit, but everything was so well crafted. Like if you if you play even the new games, like Assassin's Creed, any of these really big modern games that just came out, and you go back to Last of Us, Last of Us, like 
animates everything and makes it look perfect where other games try to approximate the movements and the features and all of that. It's just, it's, it's really remarkable in how well tuned the entire game is and then how meaningful the, the character interactions and the story building is and how it, it just does some stuff other games don't, don't do <laughs> story-wise. Uh, I, mm. This one's tough. Yeah. I didn't really play Last of Us 2, so I can't. So that one's out. I can't mm-hmm. say anything about that other than I think it will win. Uh, I don't know. Animal Crossing, probably. Yeah, it's just, hey. it's just like, I think on. it's a toss up for me. Because Last of Us had some really high highs and it had some really low lows. And I don't know if I can find a common ground to vote for that over Animal Crossing, which only went down when I just lost interest because other games came out. Yeah. For me, AC, the only reason why AC isn't at the top of the list is that it is not the first time we've seen this game pulled off. Like this game, these systems, the look and everything, it is very much an upgrade from the last game, but is very much like the last game. Where, where I do think Last of Us did some stuff really differently and actually nailed stealth in a way that the first one didn't. So yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you though. I mean, like nothing on this list doesn't deserve to have high accolades. These are all really good games. It was a great year for games. I will say that yeah. immediately. Yeah, very competitive. I was thinking about like, oh, if only Animal Crossing came out last year, because I think if it came out last year, it would have been my game of the year. Last year, um, my game of the year was Control. Um, at least it, it would have been a conversation that I would have had like internally, because I love Animal Crossing. I'm still playing. I think for me, the thing with Animal Crossing is, yes, it very much is that like, the game that shook us all and we kind of all mm-hmm. jumped into it and it, you know, rallied everyone around. Like, that's really a, a big deal. And I think it's worth noting. But um, to me, Game of the Year is like the best game of that year. And I think Animal Crossing has some pretty notable uh, flaws, um, even in all the improvements that's made. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad to see it on there, though. And it's really cool to have like a Nintendo game, considering that uh, we've talked about for quite some time that this hasn't been like the biggest, most flashy year for Nintendo. So it's nice to see mm-hmm. that represented because Animal Crossing was such a, a big deal success. Um, moving on to read off just some other notable games. I want to talk about some quick other games that are Nintendo games that are nominated for different awards, as well as notable games that are just playable on Switch that maybe you want to check out if you haven't yet. Um, so Animal Crossing, in addition to the Game of the Year nomination, it also was nominated for Best Family Game and Best It'll Multiplayer Game. Yeah, so best family game was once again, yes, the top, the the Nintendo category, because we have Mario Kart Live nominated for that as well, as well as Paper Mario Origami King. Um, How do you feel about that? Yeah. (laughs) The best family watches someone play a game? Does that count? (laughs) Yeah, that's a. That's a definition, right? Like, because otherwise Ori should be in there. Like, I, 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 I really like Paper Mario, but I think Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a better game all around. Um, so it's more that I, I see a family game as something that you can play together with a family, um, which may, I, Animal Crossing has this one locked. And, and multiplayer game, by the way, Animal Crossing is a fun multiplayer experience, obviously one of the defining one, but they didn't make that experience very easy, right? Like, <laughs> if you guys remember waiting to get into islands and all of that. Mm-hmm. Still waiting some, right now. I remember I waiting. Waiting. <laughs> birthday party. Still on an airplane. I'm yeah. flying in. The connection lost. I'm like, yeah, I was surprised to see that for a multiplayer game because, yeah, multiplayer is a big part of Animal Crossing, but... 
Like, you know, I've I've pulled through on islands and I'm like, what do we do now? It's like, I guess we'll talk on Discord while I hit you with this net. Yeah. I would think something like Mario 99 would be a better pick. Or a um, I would say my best family game pick would be um, Jackbox 7 if your family's dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, like this, this again, um, was very relatable. But yes, the family award, that's like very, it's always been the Nintendo category, but I feel like this year... Paper Mario and the Origami King. Like, I don't have kids. Is there something that I'm? I don't know that y'all know with no, this being a, a family one. experience. I think like Mario, kids like Mario. Let's put them in the family game. Well, and I mean the whimsical look. It is a really <laughs> funny game. The writing it's is family really friendly, good. but I wouldn't it's say family it's a family friendly game. But it's also very creative. Like, it's a game as a parent with young kids. Like, I would have absolutely gotten that for them over The Last of Us. Can um, you teach your kid origami <laughs> by playing this game? I was shocked too for, uh, and you, you know, we're not talking about this as much because it's not Nintendo related, but it's worth noting other games in that category. Crash 4? That must be a real skilled kid that you have playing Crash 4 with your pro gamer child. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird one. Um, I personally kind of like Mario Kart Live for that. I mean, it's it's very expensive Me and too. I can't necessarily, you know, I, it's a very recommended with asterisks, but I when I, I've played that with my family um, and admittedly, they're not as is ready to build stuff together because they're all like 30 plus so they're not you know they're not exactly in that age demographic but the idea of playing that with a kid or like doing that as a child i think that's like the most unique and interesting experience so that would i think that actually might be my vote for best family game just because it is such a cool unique thing to do together yeah um, yeah says family game like that is what i think of like when people come to visit what do you trot out to show them that would be mario kart live in a heartbeat yeah, yeah. Don't don't underestimate the joy though. Like you know, for for families who have uh, either multiple switches, um, because Animal Crossing doesn't make it easy to have multiple islands, or where people crowd into one island. I had just an amazing experience playing Animal Crossing with my daughter, who was totally into it. My sons this time were not into it; they were into past Animal Crossing games. Um, and we just you know just item trading, visiting each other's islands, having like little surprises whenever somebody visits. I think that's such a cool concept for families and the original animal crossing um really was built on that selling point that you have this n64 cartridge right the the original game didn't come out here in in the west but you had this cartridge and you know dad plays and does something and writes letters and then the kid plays later and gets these surprises in the game that was the original promise and i, I just think this this game is so good for that and that was very heavy in the marketing too you had like that the the mom was playing and the kid comes home and she, the mom's mm -hmm. like i've been playing for like eight hours here's the passes the switch <laughs> off um yeah I, I think that is actually a really good point uh it's so hard to gauge these if you don't have like mm -hmm. a, fi a family dynamic to like test it with because that's kind of what the, the category is calling for um other notable games that are, got nominated that are switch games like you can play them on switch Hades, Hades cleaned up with the nominations. Mm -hmm. Game of the year, Great best game, game direction, best narrative, best art direction, best score slash music, best performance. Shout to Logan Cunningham as Hades. Uh, best indie game, best action game. Uh, I'm going to run through the rest of this list and we can kind of discuss, uh, you know, surprises, what, what we kind of feel about with it. Uh, we got Spiritfarer on there for best indie game and games for impact. Minecraft Dungeon, which Seth reviewed for best family game. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, best art direction, best score slash music. Carry On, best indie game slash best debut game. Raji and Ancient Epic, best debut game. Kentucky Route Zero, If Found, and Throughout, oh, sorry, Through the Darkest Times, all nominated for Games for Impact. Fortnite, 
still still there, still hanging out as best ongoing game slash best community support. Pokemon Cafe Mix for best mobile game, which is also playable on Switch, and Streets of Rage 4 for best action games. Uh, what do y'all think of these kind of being listed, what they were nominated for, uh, and which ones, you know, you feel like people really got to check out? Good good picks. I mean, I, I was really into, obviously, Ori, I mentioned. I thought Carrion was interesting. Spirit Pharaoh was really good. Hades is good. Um, Pokemon Cafe Mix does not be- belong on this list. It just <laughs> no, doesn't. I'm sorry. It's so it's like, bad. It's, it's so a, cute, but it's so bad. It's a bad, bad puzzle game. And like, there's so many amazing Apple Arcade games this year. And I just feel like this is this shows where a lot of maybe the critics who are participating here are very console and PC focused because that list is just cuckoo. Sorry. Yeah, I think people had similar thoughts about uh, One Punch Mansion, the best for fighting game. Like some things are just like, they're okay. They should not be on the game of the year nominations. Yep. But uh, other than that, I mean, really good list, uh, really good nominees. I love that some of the smaller games are getting, uh, uh, getting notices like Raji, for example, I I don't think it's that amazing. Like I I would say it's like a seven game for me, but it's uh it's one of the first games that we have seen that you know really kind of highlights Indian culture and it's made in India and all of that. So um, it, it's a great it's really start. Cool. Like a, that yeah, best debut game. Exactly. It's a good start. It's like just just like craft. The way it looks and the way it feels and the way it's different is is worth um putting it on a list like this. You any standouts here that you want to draw attention to? I think that Fortnite game's got a chance. <laughs> Kids are getting excited about that. You oh, heard about it, this Animal Crossing yeah. snubbed for best ongoing game. I know like some people don't really consider it to be that because it's like in this weird state, but like the way it's currently treated, it's very ongoing. So I was I was kind of surprised not to see that represented there. Maybe that's yeah, only for that. games that came out the year before. It's you weird. Oh, you're just... not truly ongoing until you've had to keep until going. you've lasted. Yeah, a whole so year. yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people that still play Fortnite and they're like in mm-hmm. their late twenties and early thirties. And uh it's it's all Seth. they play. Like every I do not I have never played Fortnite. It Seth. was like a Air- cartoon. Everybody knows people who play Fortnite. <laughs> I'm just surprised it, like one this, game in the world. If you go into one. our comments, anything that's about Fortnite, like people still play Fortnite, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Look people are still playing Fortnite. <laughs> you find a lot of stuff if you go into our comments, and some of it is not needed to be found. Um, before we move on, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to uh, obviously all these games are are pretty much awesome. Like there's a lot of like great contenders on here, um, with a, a few exceptions, like Cafe Mix doesn't need to be on here. But uh, Streets of Rage Four, I really like that game. I had a good time with it. If you like beat 'em ups, you will enjoy Streets of Rage Four. I wasn't as enamored as like some people, but I do think it's like a game that you absolutely should check out if you're into the genre. Um, I played that whole thing with my brother and I thought it was like one of the better beat-em-ups, uh, especially in the modern era. It's kind of hard to find quality ones. And I think Streets of Rage 4 is that. So uh, check that out if that's if that's your thing. Um, speaking of all the hype around Animal Crossing, though, with not just Game of the Year, it's also getting a major update. It, the winner update has finally been announced. I'm so excited. I'm going to quickly read through all the stuff because it is it is massive of an update. Uh, we got Turkey Day dropping on November 26th, Toy Day on December 24th, new reactions and hairstyles. Home storage can finally be upgraded. You can go up to 2,400 slots. All you need to do wow. is have your um, house paid off. There's finally a reason to pay off your house. You've been holding <laughs> off. Hold on to those bells. <laughs> pa- 
awesome Tom's way because you can find you that. We got a how-to page on how to do that as well. You can visit Random Islands in Dreams now. Uh, not to be confused with Dreams the game. Um, you don't need a dream code anymore. You can just go and surf the seas of people's mind palaces. It's great. Uh, there's another po- uh, collab with Pocket Camp. So re-download Pocket Camp. I know you deleted it because I did too when I got the last <laughs> item. I'm going to reinstall it just to get this phone because I'm weird. Uh, Island and Resident Data Transfers are finally here. Do you own two Switches? I do because they didn't have this at launch, but they have it now. Uh, seasonal items to celebrate um, pretty much all these seasons as well as New Year's was kind of a standout one. And uh, I just found out from you know my wiki's peers that they are not you can't just time travel to these events they kind of put a put something in place that kind of stops that i'm guessing it's going to be like via an update instead uh not totally shocking but like a little surprising because you could time travel to halloween go to new year's though because i'm you can but i don't know if there's like stuff they're holding back because i know what you're talking about where the 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 countdown does happen because i also went to new year's on my time travel island of sin um, so maybe the items that are held back for that, but, uh, yeah. yeah, huge update. What do we think of this update and are we still playing? Um, I, I, I stopped, I booted it, booted up yesterday just to, um, update, um, walked around, was horrified by all the weeds everywhere and, and <laughs> compelled to clean it up. So the game somehow got me to do menial tasks for no reward. Uh, no, I, I will always check in on the big holidays just to see how they pull them off. But this feels like really familiar territory to me because it's something I've experienced in past Animal Crossing games. So I'm more likely to play if there's a truly new thing added or a more major kind of like more collectible focused update, like w- what we got with the sea creatures, for example, right? Which was a returning feature too, but at least you have like this new goal that isn't tied to just a specific day like uh, like Thanksgiving or Christmas. but. I'll definitely check in again for the events. I'm happy to see those new hairstyles. I hope we, we continue to get more customization options for characters as the, the game move forward. Yeah, I, haven't played, I haven't played in a long time. I dropped off and now I, I'm at the point where I'm afraid to go back because of what Pear just described. Like, I don't like in. to see the abandoned weeds, weeds everywhere. It depresses me. I feel like I've abandoned them. It's the same thing happened with like Nintendogs. I was like, I don't want to turn that on again. What if my dog is like, oh, that sad? dog's been dead for yeah. years. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I fell off of it, unfortunately. Yeah, y'all should come back. I mean, it's g- game of the year is here now. <laughs> I mean, hey, I loved my time with it. I have no excuse. I wasn't like I was like not enjoying it anymore. Just other things started to happen and I never got back to it. And it gets to like a point where mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I can't. It's just too much. I'm, I'm too stressed about all the weeds. I can't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I decided out of mind. That. This is like one of the very, very few games because I'm also on that classic boat of like, it was fun, but now it's over. And now we play other games. I am still playing Animal Crossing. Um, part of that's because I restarted an island on my new switch because the data transfer wasn't available there. And I've just been going and building and like I there's always stuff coming out. So like the the put down part doesn't end up happening because I'm like, I have my personal plans for my island. Like, okay, we're going to like get it to look like this. And then while I'm doing those personal plans, they're like, hey, we have like cherry blossoms or we have like maple leaves and we, and the furniture sometimes doesn't even look good. I'm like, I just want it. I don't even want (laughs) to, I want to make this ugly umbrella in my tool shed and just put it out on the floor for people to see. Like, it's just, it's a compulsion at this point, but I, I'm so excited about this. Um, 
Brendan, I do want to echo uh, your sentiment. Yeah, new hair, like new hairstyles and stuff. Um, that's something people have been asking for a lot, specifically black and brown hairstyles, because there's really only like two at launch. So like, it's really cool because this is the first Animal Crossing game where you can, you know, choose your skin tone and like, well, official mainline game, because you could do that in, uh, I think, Happy Home Designer as well. So like, it's, they're kind of adding on those improvements. That's really nice to see. I love that they're like bringing stuff that we've kind of been expecting, like the ability to go to random dream islands. So we're still waiting on Brewster. Don't know where Brewster is, but uh, I am optimistic that we will uh, get his coffee one day. I'm ready to sit with my villagers. You can sit next to them now. I'm very hyped about this. Um, I just want to like be able to drink my little island juice with them. Like, I don't know. This game's so like silly and charming and cute. Um, before we close out, I do want to run through a few really, really small news things. It's been pretty quiet in the news front, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Picross S5 is dropping next Ooh. week pair did you say small news <laughs> major news actually we're headlining the show pick cross plus other nintendo information uh pair i'm sure you're excited about this one yeah i'm really excited i mean these these games are are fundamentally not very different from each other so it's kind of like if you're into sudoku or crossword puzzles you're getting a new book essentially but the book is not going to do anything crazy that you didn't do see the book do before you can flip the pages. It looks exactly, Picross S5 looks exactly like S4. It's got the same amount of uh, 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 puzzles in general, like 30 color ones, 150 um, uh, of the, the megas, I think. And then uh, it's got some of the bigger puzzles, just like the last one. Three of them are unlocked if you own Picross S1, S2, and S3. Strangely enough, owning Picross S4 does nothing in S5, it looks like, which is mm -hmm. just kind of weird. So maybe this was in development at the same time as S4. Who knows? Um, the one upgrade they have is there's a like a competition timer where it now tabulates your entire time of doing all the puzzles into one big number um, at the top. And they even updated the older Picross games to have that now. So you know, oh, wow. if you have S1 through S4, you can update them now and it'll add that. But it's a very basic sequel in that is exactly like S4, which means more puzzles. They was, Remember, there's a Sonic one uh, coming uh, in the future that we don't know yet when. So that'll be a little more different. I'm still working my way through, I think, S3. So I really, really got to catch up on puzzle solving. Um, yep. Some quick newsy PSAs before we close out. Um, again, that Super Mario 3D All-Stars update dropped where you can change the camera controls. Uh, you can also now use the GameCube controller. So there is cool. no excuse to not play Sunshine. I don't want to see any. I've never played Sunshine in the podcast forums. Go play that game, even if you I don't like it. I got my wave bird with it. Hell yeah. Somewhere in there. Oh my God. It was my first wireless controller. I remember getting that. Oh, and so me and my good. brother would back up from the TV and we'd get, like, we're in the Magic. hallway. Like I was, <laughs> I was a nerd. I've been a nerd for so I'm long. In the kitchen. Um, I'm in the other room. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm at the pizza hut at Taco Bell. <laughs> the combination of the and Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, and also just like, there's really cool collab dropping with Mario for the 35th. Um, I know Seth, you mentioned there's a Champions one. Yeah. But, but uh, Puma and uh, Super Mario are also doing one that's going to drop yep. on November 27th. So if you're a sneakerhead, check out that Puma Mario Dude. collection. There's they some really nice. dope ones. There are two Sunshine shoes because that's how important Sunshine is. <laughs> All right, let's move on to what we are playing. Pear, what are you playing? Well, I, I'm the proud owner of two next-gen consoles with the PS5 and Xbox Series X. So I've been, I've been unfaithful. I've been oh. playing 
I've been playing PlayStation. I've been playing Xbox a lot. And honestly, it's Assassin's Creed that's taking up most of my time right now. Um, although a uh, little, little Astro, man, like being the most Nintendo game I've ever seen on the PlayStation. It's just, yeah. it's just, uh, it's just very, uh, very cool. No, but I've, I've been playing, obviously, I've been playing with my brand spanking new Game & Watch. But I've also um, started... Uh, besides trying to f- finish off Picross S2, the one I didn't finish, um, I started this game called Absolute Drift Zen Edition. Um, I think reviews for this game are embargoed, but you know we can share some impressions. It's basically a top-down drifting game um, under the tagline, um, if you come in first in a race, you're not drifting enough, uh, where it's like the whole point of the game is to just skid your car sideways and it's got this zoomed out view really stylized graphics um it's it's really fun it's hard you know you have to figure out how to exactly get your car to drift and continue the drift and hit cones and avoid walls and get through these obstacle courses while drifting as much as possible so uh, if you're if you're a gearhead and you're really into drifting culture, or you're looking for a, a kind of um, um, like a tricky puzzle game, I, I think it's worth a look. Nice, Brendan. What do you plan? <sighs> what am I not playing? I love that deep <laughs> sigh. The deep <laughs> sigh guy. Upon us, every PS5 launch game, a handful of other multi-platform launch games. I'm trying to make when I can some headway into Hades because I only got really early in and i got to move on but seeing all those award nominations I'm like oh everyone says it's so great and i it hasn't clicked for me yet and i'm like there's got to be a point i'm just i'm just before that point where it's like oh, okay i can see why everyone loves this game now so i really want to get there so i can truly understand why everyone's buzzing about this game but i also have to write that guide for assassin's creed valhalla i also have to write the guide for demon souls i also published the guide for miles morales um what else is there every other game yeah, there's a lot of games, a lot of games. And then somehow I'll have to start playing uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, that fun stuff. But but after that, Cyberpunk. So <laughs> really got to play Hades now because we're not going to have time. <laughs> By the way, I'm not playing I bet, Alex on weekends, right? What's up, I, bet, I bet we're going to see Valhalla streaming on the Switch. That would be really? Cool, yeah, because Odyssey was streaming in Japan. Um and uh, the, the the switch unfortunately cannot run Valhalla the way it looks right now. It would take a lot of work to get that to to run on the system. But like, I, I do think that might be another experiment after Control in the Western market that they'll that they'll try out. Good game. Dig into uh, Control as streaming because I actually didn't get a chance to do that. Like, how did it? Yeah, run? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, in the in the launch week, I had huge issues. Now it actually performs really well. Hmm. Um, it, it's you know, streaming is. At, at least on a on a platform that doesn't have a built-in LAN adapter and all of that, streaming works better with games that are third uh, third person than like faster first person shooters and fighting games. Um, I you know I have a Stadia too, and I was impressed at how some of the games ran on that. Control feels good. It's not as snappy as playing it when it's natively running on your machine. You can you can tell um, you know there's a little bit more delay, but it's totally playable. If only you could remote play from your PS5 yep. on your Switch. <laughs> I know that's like super illegal, but that would be really cool. Uh, Seth, Ooh. what are you checking out these days? Oh, man, it's so embarrassing, but I am real. Today's actually my day off, and as soon as I'm done, I'm going to play Call of Duty. Why are you here? Because You're- I love being on NBC. This so is I not. I was like, I'm not gonna miss bro- NBC. You broke. It's the only. It's only. It's a, it's a day off because we're still doing like Black Friday stuff, so I still have to kind of 
keep slack, oh, okay. keep checking so, slack. So you're not thing. off. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am because it's uh, normally during the course of a day, I won't play like three hours of, of Call of Duty multiplayer. But for Nintendo stuff, I've been playing. You're, you're simultaneously much. having a bad day off and a bad day at work because you're not doing either. Fully. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the king of the middle. So hey, I'm going to prestige today. That's that's my that's my one goal for today is that I'm going to nice. prestige a multiplayer. But for Nintendo, I've been playing Super Mario Brothers 2 on uh, Nintendo Online because uh, I really love that weird little Mario game. Yeah, the lost. Oh, it was Doki Doki Panic. Oh yeah. I just can't. Uh, like I started them. I'm like, let me see what this because I've been scared of them my whole life. I'm like, let's see what these lost levels are about. Immediately no, 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 touch that levels. Oh, the, uh, the, just the second one. Just the the the, the one that was that yeah. we yeah. got in the, in the West. No, but the lost levels is terrifying. Say, no, I agree. The one that was all a dream. Right. Yes. Um. As far as me, you know, I'm actually probably going to dip into Call of Duty as well. I've never played Call of Duty. Uh, my boyfriend's a huge fan, and he's like, you should check it out. And I'm like, sure, you already bought it. So I did download it. Join our it. plan. Come on so over. first step, step one, I downloaded it. So so we'll see how that goes. Uh, like Brendan, I'm also playing a lot of launch stuff. Uh, I'm currently on the path list. Um, I think I'm in, like, semi-guides limbo. My main guide is, uh, is, is working on the PS5 console uh, and then just prepping for cyberpunk which is going to be a huge undertaking um though this is what we're playing not what i'm writing um see, on the, as far as switch i'm i'm sort of like floating between of course i'm still playing animal crossing but i, I kind of have to pick my next big thing i think it i think it probably should be hades as well because i have not spent time with that game and i really do want to get to know it oh. um our it's in our top 25 our top 10 actually for for best switch games right now and uh, I was reading the blurb for like our review for the video that's coming out for that. And it was mentioned that like, even if you hate roguelikes or roguelikes, you know, yep. you'll still love this. And I'm like, yep. okay, this, this blurb is speaking directly to me. So. It's kind of strong because there are ones that I enjoy, but when I hear it, I am kind of immediately like, great, a game I'll never beat. Um, I, I find them kind of um, <laughs> discouraging. So like, like if I'm, if a game is too discouraging, either in like structure or in length, I sometimes find myself just not wanting to play it or like not wanting to like keep going with it because it feels like such an uphill battle. But, um, I've heard things about Hades and how they approach, um, that genre that make me feel oh, like, okay, I think I can overcome real. that yeah. because you're, you're kind of, you kind of keep getting better. Dungeon, then. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, I just want to make you cry. I don't <laughs> well, like my games. I don't like my games changing when I'm not playing them. It's like it's like I don't want my toys to come to life at night either. Like I want a game that is like a written book and has a beginning and an end. I can play through it and can find everything. And so I'm never that much into randomly generated stuff. Yeah, same. I always feel like the like crafted is always better, but um, I guess there are exceptions, and there are really good roguelites and likes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, before we end, let's go on to question block and field some of these questions. Question block, the game of the year every year. Um, Cody Allen Herb writes in and asks: With Immortals: Phoenix Rising just having released its DLC plans, how is the NV- how is NVC feeling about this game? I'm into it. Uh, you know. I play every Assassin's Creed game and have really enjoyed the last three in the series. And this feels like it's, and by the way, Breath of the Wild borrowed a lot from Ubisoft's formula. And then now, funny enough, Valhalla borrows some from Breath of the Wild. And I feel like this is kind of Ubisoft's homage to Breath of the Wild mixed with, you know, a little bit of that feel from Odyssey. I'm totally into it. Honestly, I'll probably play it on one of the new next gen consoles Same. just for the visual <laughs> fidelity, but um but I'm definitely going to play it. I'm I'm totally into it. But there are too many games. Cyberpunk is coming out. We we were talking about what we're playing in the next week and like Hyrule Warriors is coming out. I don't know oh, that when too. to yeah. do all this. Yeah. 
I yeah. wish they had delayed this to next year, honestly. Same. Uh, one thing I've learned from this year is that if a game looks to be like a clone of Breath of the Wild, <laughs> um, different. A, you may be surprised because yeah. I was skeptical of Genshin Impact and that game ended up being pretty amazing and free to play and a gotcha game all in one. <laughs> Um, so there's a good chance that Immortals Phoenix Rising is also going to be a pretty amazing take on the Breath of the Wild slash Assassin's Creed and open world Ubisoft genre kind of deal. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it has to offer. And I've, I liked what I've heard of the, um, like the story and the voices so far. I like the, the, the gods bickering, uh, that kind of stuff was really funny to me. So I like the yep. humor so far. It's a talented team. Yeah. Seth, what about you? Are you looking to pick this one up when it comes out? No. I mean, it nothing. Has it has flying, Seth. You like flying. <laughs> That's true, but... Yeah, Microsoft Flight Simulator. And Microsoft Flight Simulator. And Monsters. I it just... I, I, I think I'll wait to, to see what everybody else thinks of it. I just... It, it didn't really speak to me when I saw it. Yeah, that that's very fair. I kind of feel similarly like lukewarm on it. Like it, it didn't seem bad by any means. I remember um, getting to look at it at E3, uh, actually via Stadia, which was really interesting. Uh, and it, yeah, it looked cool. But like, I don't know if that's going to be enough. Um, yeah. I am curious as to. I kind of feel like this will be at least a good game, but I don't know if it'll like be standout special enough for me to really make the time for it at least straight out the gate. So that's that's kind of where I land on that as well. A little bit kind of looking at who people that i like their game taste like what do they have to say about it and if that's enough maybe i will uh make it more of a priority uh jake gaden writes in and says given the amazing response to the dual sense controller are you hoping for more sophisticated hd rumble and any fourth game switch revision or even just switch games what sort of games would you like to see um make with this feature in mind that's an easy question uh for the first one yes and the second one all of them because that (laughs) is the coolest thing about the new playstation when i was playing astro's playroom and i had to do my little you know you have to launch the rocket and the it just it feels so satisfying that i just kept launching the rocket over and over again because i was like addicted to the way that it felt so yeah i want that in in a a forthcoming switch revision and i would i want every game going forward from here on out for regardless of system to please have this cool like haptic feedback sort of adaptive trigger feature because it's so incredible so I would say, I, yeah, there are two things. That, and first of all, the HD Rumble in the Switch and, and PlayStation's uh, Rumble are made by the same company. So the innards oh, are very similar. Um, the, the, if you played 1-2 Switch, that was kind of, to me, the mind-boggling experience of like actually feeling Rumble do something different. It felt like they're physical objects in your controller rather than just a buzz, right? And like the PlayStation... Um, does that really, really well. But it's the, man, it's the triggers on the yeah. PS5 controller that are a real game changer. And like, I was going to ask if you're going to, if you're going to play um, Call of Duty on the PlayStation, because that really, the triggers make such a difference on the DualShock. Like there's different tension to how the guns feel. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's re- like hats off to Sony for um, really stepping up and, you know the rumble is something that nintendo i think was leading the way with you know with the yeah. rumble pack for the n64 they really popularized popularized uh haptic feedback like that for things like you know finding secrets if you remember in ocarina of time like the the rumble when you get close to a secret and they've been really moving stuff forward but the triggers sony um sony's really killing it there really cool yeah they really kind of upped the ante which is like a surprising twist 
where Nintendo yeah. usually like, makes these weird innovations that like you don't think are gonna work well, then like, oh wow, this H Gerbil is pretty crazy. But like yeah. thinking the, the between... bow in Astro, right? That dude, like when right. you shoot the bow for the first time, it's so good. <laughs> Trying to compare then like the 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 ice cubes and in, in one two switch and like the 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 feeling of that to what we've got with the launch games to PS5 and just like Nintendo has their work cut out for them to kind of uh, fight back with this and show off what they can do with the Joy Cons. A lot of yeah. it is software, though. Like with the Rumble, a lot of companies are not using the HD Rumble the way that Nintendo was hoping they would. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that you bring up the triggers, though, Pear, because I think that's like when I think about how the Switch feels in my hand, the triggers are not something I'm exactly um, crazy about. There's actually a lot of parts of the Joy Con that I'm not that into, like the D pad as well as that weird kind of arrow breakup. Um, yeah, it, it should have been us. Like we should have had that, that dual sense feeling. Right. But, um, I would, I guess, like to see maybe a revision, uh, in the form of the pro controller. Cause I think the big issue with Nintendo's HD rumble right now is it's on like the joy con primarily, like is where you really get like the ice cubes and you get like the, I remember, um, snake path or is pass snake pass. I think okay. it's called like yeah. that uses, um, HD rumble quite a bit as well. Um, and like some of the driving games as well have like that kind of heavy intense like car vibration when you're on certain like terrain but other than that and like a you know a secret here and there in mario odyssey like i feel like they kind of lean more on games that already are using the joy con primarily and that's honestly just not a lot of the games um so yeah there's kind of a couple layers of issues here but i i totally agree i would love to see this just in all games i i miss it when i am not playing on my ps5 it is honestly sort of swayed me to to go third party ps5 instead of third party uh microsoft where i normally go because i used to like that controller more but the dual sense is just so cool that you know yeah. i want that there all the time as far as specific games um luigi's mansion for dual sense level rumble you feel the coins coming into the vacuum like you hear oh, it on the speaker. yeah that's what I would love to see uh, as far as specific uh, implementations, because that's actually what you feel if you ever have gone to like a Dave and Buster's or somewhere else that has this machine like the Luigi's Mansion arcade machine. You have the vacuum in your hand and it's so like immersive and cool, like bringing that experience home would be so, so special. Um, the last question I want to highlight from Question Block is uh, James Dif Defender, just Defender. I'm not sure I might be saying your last name right. I'm sorry, but they ask. Who is the most huggable Mario character? I think it's a really important question to address before we close the show out. It's Yoshi, uh, obviously. There's no other choice. He's not soft, though. No, I don't he's going to be like he's a dinosaur. Scaly, yeah. Why do you not want to hug Yoshi? He's a, so you're, he's you're a hugging that scaly, that scaly boy. What about Yarn Yoshi? Oh, yeah. well. Yarn Yoshi is good. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's huggable. good. All right. uh, and of course, whatever touch fuzzy get dizzy. Yoshi what creature touch fuzzy get dizzy as super horrible <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's a good one too seth who are you hugging in the mario universe wario looks real huggable he's a big big boy get your arms around Dinky. Him. yeah but then like it comes with that hug though he needs super garlic hug he looks like you're gonna you're gonna lose your eye from that mustache it's just gonna oh yeah get you in the corner for me even though i have not spent more time with galaxy like i do want to because i haven't uh i didn't play that when it came out and i got it on the collection um i think what are they like the little like the, the, lumas? Luma, the lumas yeah the little oh, i have one yeah. right here um i would hug that i want to hug yeah. that so bad they're so soft and whimsical um but yeah let us know in the comments what your most huggable uh, Mario character is. But that's about all the time we have for this week. A big thanks to Logan Plant, our NVC assistant. Remember, you can reach us at the email nvc at IGN.com or hit us up in the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forum on Facebook. Be sure to also keep an eye out on IGN.com for articles that are named Tell Us 
colon question. That's the format we are using to get these Yap videos and get these on the show. But most importantly, remember that NVC is the only place where you can get, get, the, get thing. the thing. Get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.